Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today is a continuation of the Get Into the Ark series. Now, if you have not yet heard the first installment in the series where Glenda and I talked about mercy for others, I strongly recommend giving that a listen first, as genuine love and mercy are two things the Lord looks highly upon. And frankly, you can't have one without the other. You know, as an example of mercy, the Lord calling me to do this podcast is an act of his mercy and his love for you because he is appealing to his children to not only do what's right and walk in his ways, but draw them near to him in the face of the storm. Now, what is that storm? Well, it is the judgments unfolding against the great harlot, the great prostitute, Babylon. There is no doubt in my spirit that Babylon is America and those who have fornicated with her. She currently staggers like a drunk and can't find her way and has become a hissing in the world. You know, all the steam of her fornications, injustices, and obscenities are letting loose for all the world to see. But still she parades around like an arrogant prostitute thinking no harm will come to her. You know, I want to kick off this second half of the ARC series by getting into what the word says about the great prostitute and her evil minions and where this is all leading. You know, guys, I was going to read this to you, but since the enemy decides he wants to keep attacking me and keeping me from getting this podcast completed, and I have gone through hell and high water to get it out, I'm going to just um, rip the tracks for Revelation 17 and 18 from my audio CD because... This is getting to the point where it's ridiculous, and obviously there's a reason that I'm getting fought so hard between everything I've had to go through in the last few weeks to get this out to you. So, let's take a listen to Revelation 17. Here it is. And I want you to listen closely to this, and I'll interject in between these tracks to uh, give my take on what I need to present here. The Book of Revelation, Chapter 17, The Great Prostitute one of the seven angels who had poured out the seven bowls came over and spoke to me. Come with me, he said, and I will show you the judgment that is going to come on the great prostitute who rules over many waters. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her, and the people who belong to this world have been made drunk by the wine of her immorality. So the angel took me in the spirit into the wilderness. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that had seven heads and ten horns, and blasphemies against God were written all over it. The woman wore purple and scarlet clothing and beautiful jewelry made of gold and precious gems and pearls. In her hand she held a gold goblet full of obscenities and the impurities of her immorality. A mysterious name was written on her forehead, Babylon the Great, mother of all prostitutes and obscenities in the world. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. Why are you so amazed? the angel asked. I will tell you the mystery of this woman and of the beast with seven heads and ten horns on which she sits. The beast you saw was once alive, but isn't now. 
and yet he will soon come up out of the bottomless pit and go to eternal destruction. And the people who belong to this world, whose names were not written in the book of life before the world was made, will be amazed at the reappearance of this beast who had died. This calls for a mind with understanding. The seven heads of the beast represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent seven kings. Five kings have already fallen. The sixth now reigns, and the seventh is yet to come. But his reign will be brief. The scarlet beast that was, but is no longer, is the eighth king. He is like the other seven, and he too is headed for destruction. The ten horns of the beast are ten kings who have not yet risen to power. They will be appointed to their kingdoms for one brief moment to reign with the beast. They will all agree to give him their power and authority. Together they will go to war against the lamb, but the lamb will defeat them because he is Lord of all lords and king of all kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him. Then the angel said to me, The waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. The scarlet beast and his ten horns all hate the prostitute. They will strip her naked, eat her flesh, and burn her remains with fire. For God has put a plan into their minds, a plan that will carry out his purposes. They will agree to give their authority to the scarlet beast, and so the words of God will be fulfilled. And this woman you saw in your vision represents the great city that rules over the kings of the world. You know, that great city, if I didn't know any better, I would say that that's New York, because people have had visions over the years of the Statue of Liberty. Some have even said that they have witnessed Lady Liberty staggering like a drunkard. And she does. She fornicates with all the nations. She exports her evil. She manipulates them with money and, you know, outsources all her corruption to all the nations of the world. And, you know, it's interesting. You have the seven heads of the beast, which represent the seven hills where the woman rules. They also represent the seven kings. And it's interesting how I think it's this week we have the G7 coming up. And all the nations are deciding new responses for a new pandemic. You know, it's interesting when you look at verse 6. I could see that she was drunk, drunk with the blood of God's holy people who were witnesses for Jesus. I stared at her in complete amazement. So if I'm perceiving this correctly and what I believe they're getting ready to do, it has to do with the persecution. Because how else is she going to be drunk with the blood of God's holy people? And Jesus said before the wars, he said, yes, these things will happen, but first they shall deliver you up. So, you know, I may be onto something here. I may not be, but it wouldn't surprise me. Because this is how it's, I see things tying together as it pertains to now. So I just thought I would, you know, throw that in there and mention that because like I'm going to get to later on in this podcast, there are no coincidences, okay? And everything up until now has been training for the real thing. So while everybody's oblivious to it, these things, like it or not, that are being fulfilled as scripture said they would be. 
But continuing on to Revelation 18, we read about the fall of Babylon. Let's take a listen. The Book of Revelation, Chapter 18, The Fall of Babylon After all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. He gave a mighty shout, Babylon is fallen, that great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture and every foul and dreadful animal. For all the nations have fallen because of the wine of her passionate immorality. The kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven, Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. For her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She glorified herself and lived in luxury, so match it now with torment and sorrow. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne. I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her. As they see the smoke rising from her charred remains, they will stand at a distance terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city! In a single moment God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. She bought great quantities of gold, silver, jewels and pearls, fine linen, purple silk and scarlet cloth, things made of fragrant thine wood, ivory goods, and objects made of expensive wood, and bronze, iron, and marble. She also bought cinnamon, spice, incense, myrrh, frankincense, wine, olive oil, fine flour, wheat, cattle, sheep, horses, chariots, and bodies, that is, human slaves. The fancy things you loved so much are gone, they cry. All your luxuries and splendor are gone forever, never to be yours again. The merchants who became wealthy by selling her these things will stand at a distance, terrified by her great torment. They will weep and cry out, How terrible, how terrible for that great city! She was clothed in finest purple and scarlet linens, decked out with gold and precious stones and pearls. In a single moment all the wealth of the city is gone. And all the captains of the merchant ships and their passengers and sailors and crews will stand at a distance. They will cry out as they watch the smoke ascend, and they will say, Where is there another city as great as this? And they will weep and throw dust on their heads to show their grief. And they will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for that great city! The ship owners became wealthy by transporting her great wealth on the seas. In a single moment, it is all gone. 
Rejoice over her fate, O heaven, and people of God and apostles and prophets, for at last God has judged her for your sakes. Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. He threw it into the ocean and shouted, Just like this, the great city Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again. The sound of harps, singers, flutes, and trumpets will never be heard in you again. No craftsmen and no trades will ever be found in you again. The sound of the mill will never be heard in you again. The light of a lamp will never shine in you again. The happy voices of brides and grooms will never be heard in you again. For your merchants were the greatest in the world, and you deceived the nations with your sorceries. In your streets flowed the blood of the prophets and of God's holy people, and the blood of people slaughtered all over the world. You know, like it or not, that is America to a T. And, you know, some things I want you to consider, having listened to that, you know, when we start on verse 1, after all this, I saw another angel come down from heaven with great authority, and the earth grew bright with his splendor. Bright. What would cause the earth to grow bright? Well, there's only two things that could do that. One of which is the sun, and two, the flash of a nuclear weapon. What do you see happening with Russia right now? And then he gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit, a hideout for every foul vulture. Because of the wine of her passionate immorality, the kings of the world have committed adultery with her. Because of her desires for extravagant luxury, the merchants of the world have grown rich. Her sins are piled as high as heaven, and God remembers her evil deeds. Do to her as she has done to others. Double her penalty for all her evil deeds. She brewed a cup of terror for others, so brew twice as much for her. She boasted in her heart, I am queen on my throne, I am no helpless widow, and I have no reason to mourn. And that is exactly where America is today. And those who fornicate with her. They're all prideful and arrogant and indifferent. They think they do no wrong and that this is okay. This new normal way of living. Men being confused that they're women, abortion, murder, unjust scales, and theft. All these things. You know, verse 8, Therefore, these plagues will overtake her in a single day, death and mourning and famine. She will be completely consumed by, get this, Fire, for the Lord God who judges her is mighty. And here's the key. You know, we're looking at war on the horizon here. And the kings of the world who committed adultery with her and enjoyed her great luxury will mourn for her as they see the smoke rising from her charred remains. They will stand at a distance. Why would they have to stand at a distance? Terrified by her great torment. They will cry out, How terrible, how terrible for you, O Babylon, you great city. In a single moment, God's judgment came on you. The merchants of the world will weep and mourn for her, for there is no one left to buy their goods. So, you know, everything right there, that is the United States to a T. 
And the U.S. is poking the Russian bear and playing with that fire. Arrogantly. This is soon to be on our doorstep. You know, I want you to remember all of those verses right there that I just went over. But the one I also want you to specifically take note of is verse 4. To read it one more time. Then I heard another voice calling from heaven. Come away from her, my people. Do not take part in her sins, or you will be punished with her. The word does not make exceptions to say, maybe you will be punished with her. No, the word is perfectly clear here when it says, if you take part in her sins, you will be punished with her. Now, who is her referring to? Well, like I just illustrated, her is referring to the great harlot or the whore of Babylon and all of those who continue to fornicate in her sin. That is, those who continue to walk contrary to the word of God and or go along with the evil. They love their sin more than they love God. Whether it is fornication, greed, idolatry, or whatever. You know, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17, which explains being a temple of the living God, specifically states, Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. You cannot do what's pleasing to the Lord if you are living in a way that is contrary to him. Remember, the Lord does not like lukewarm. And you know, to illustrate that very point, if you were going out to a nice dinner and the food served to you was cold, you would do one of two things. Either you would get up and leave if you already waited for a long time, or you would have it remade so it was fresh and piping hot. You know, you wouldn't eat something that was lukewarm, as it may give you food poisoning. Am I right? What this illustrates in a nutshell is, if you wouldn't want something done halfway, why do you suppose the Lord would want the same from those he has called to wash off the mud? You see, the difference here is, Jesus does want us to come to him, to be more like him. But if we continually reject that calling or the refining, his patience is eventually going to run out. And he's going to leave the restaurant. I mean, he's the living God. And when he has been sending his people back to the silversmith, and they continue to do what is not of him, there is eventually going to be consequence. And what is that consequence? Well, he will give them over to their sin eventually. And that sin is going to cost them eternally. Now, someone might say, well, Ray, doesn't the word say he will never leave us nor forsake us? Yes, it does, but do not be confused. The word applies to those who are of him, those who are walking in his ways. You know, if a person continues to roll around in the mud and the feces, then they aren't exactly spotless now, are they? You know, in other words, he doesn't want a dirty piggy. He desires a spotless bride. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says, Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. And so to put this into perspective, we all have a responsibility to heed the Lord's calling or face the consequences of our own ways for not being obedient. This is why I specifically quoted 
just a moment ago, Revelation 18.4 and 2 Corinthians 6 verse 17. You cannot establish a firm foundation in the Lord if you continuously compromise with evil. You know, that is the whole ground of being lukewarm, and you cannot be lukewarm. You have to choose one or the other. And that includes those who you are in association with. You know, if they're a bad influence and rebellious when it comes to living right, then you need to make a choice whether you love them more than you love Jesus. And the Lord specifically says, quoting Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39, don't imagine that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your own household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. And I'm going to get more into that later on uh, when I have many runs on. But going back to parting ways from those who are not of the Lord, because those who continue to go along with those who are contrary to the word will be facing the judgments. You know, if you're condoning something or if you're complacent, you may as well be doing it yourself. You know, that is those who are fornicating with the harlot you know, the great whore of Babylon. And that is what the Lord means when he says, come away from her. And when he says, come out from among unbelievers and don't be unequally yoked, that includes those who say they are a Christian, but they're not living it. You know, I say try to educate them while you can, but if they refuse, it's really just best to separate yourself from them. You know, the word is clear in the verses I just read, which tell you, in the last days, that there is going to be a division between good and evil, and that you will need to choose. And that includes separating yourself from those who are damaging to your walk with the Lord. You know, when things begin to get perilous, which all signs are pointing to that right now, those who continue to play while the cat's away, or in this case, the cat being the roaring lion, they're going to be caught in the consuming fire. You don't want to have any part in that. And You'll recall when I concluded part one, I said in this time we will continuously be having to make choices. You will have a choice to serve our Lord Jesus or choose to do what your flesh wants. When we're spending time with the Lord in prayer, when we're in worship, when we're in his word, we're doing what's pleasing to the spirit. If we're influenced by the wrong people, it is the opposite. This is why it's best to cut off anyone who is not in a true walk. And I'm sorry to say, but that includes people we love. You know, it doesn't mean that you don't love that person. It means you love the Lord more, and there isn't room for compromise when it comes to our salvation. And obviously, you know, discernment's needed there, but I think you know what I'm saying. You know, this is going to be those who don't have oil in their lamp. And then the Lord shows up, and they're caught sleeping, and still very much part of the world. You know, they're not living for him. You know, it's those who identify as his, but are not living for Jesus. You know, because they're then going to enter the unconventional refining. And that, my friends, that's going to be a very difficult time. You know, the Lord has told me personally when it comes to others, my son, it is not your responsibility to be a crutch for those who refuse my ways. They must choose. And he's right. 
And my friends, I don't believe that's just a word for me. You know, I believe in my heart that that word applies for all of us who are truly walking with Jesus. You know, in other words, the Lord is saying those who are adverse to him are making their bed and they're going to lie in it because they have rejected his word and his ways. That's the reason for this series. The Lord is making the last call before his fist of judgment comes down. So I played Revelation 17 and 18 when I opened the second part of the series, but you may recall that in the first installment of the series that myself, Glinda, and her friend Brenda, you know, we're all getting an urgency of the time. And you all might recall a few months back, I had many rounds on the program to discuss wars and rumors of wars. And if you didn't hear that, that was uh, Wars and Rumors of Wars Part 2. But he's also getting this prompting in spirit. And I reached out to him um, when I was getting this prompting and after I had spoke to Glinda. And because of the urgency in spirit to get into the Ark, I wanted to have him on to get his insight on some things. Welcome to the show, Mini Rounds. What do you see happening? Or what are you getting in spirit? The Lord's just putting out his final warnings. And... uh He's, you know, he's merciful, and so he's trying to gather as many into the ark as he can right now. You know, he's putting out the he's putting out the last warnings. Um, I mean, I've seen some other folks that basically the Lord has finished their work, you know, and as far as whatever ministry they had going for now, but um, I felt an urgency myself, and I like last week or so. I was out shopping, and uh, I just noticed this, like, weird look in people's faces. And it's like even people that aren't Christians, people that uh, are sensitive to the Spirit maybe in some way, but you can see it in their face. It's like they're waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know? They have, like, a, an un, I guess it's an uncertain uh, expectation of the future, you might say. And it, with all this going on, and I don't know. I don't watch the news, the regular news at all, so I don't know really what they're saying too much. But um, knowing what I what's happening in Europe and whatnot, um, people are probably looking inward a little bit and uh, wondering, you know, what is all this going to? I would say, you know, the wheat is ripe for picking about now. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Is uh, reaching out to folks if if they are got an ear to hear it and tell them the gospel, you know. I think there's something cooking pretty quick here. And uh, I have a feeling that it's military in nature. Um, I've heard of some uh, call-ups of reserves here in this country that they've been trying to keep quiet, I guess. Have you heard that? I have not heard anything on that. Where did you, did you hear, see that on like any kind of website or... Where did you hear that? Yeah, happening? I can't remember where I saw it. It was, I think it was on um, Paul and Adrian's site. You ever see him? Uh, Off grid desert farming? No, I, I don't think I'm familiar with him. Oh, well, he's, I think he lives in Arizona somewhere, but uh, he's, he's, he's been on the horn for weeks, you know, trying to warn people and, and tell them what's going on over there and why it's going on and all this stuff. And I pick him up once in a while just to get a, a sense of where he's at. And um, he's like suffering from some kind of uh, malady. I don't know what it is, but it makes him really tired. And he thinks it's some sort of 
EMF radiation that they're hitting his house and his, you know, his local area with to try to shut him down. That's interesting but, you mentioned that because and I bring that up because there's a lot of people who are complaining about fatigue and a lot of people believe it is a spiritual attack and it yeah I I believe that could be part of it there's a wearing down going on but I've often wondered too if it's, there's a frequency being turned up because even animals are acting strange lately it's there's been a lot of people saying they're tired I know I've had bouts yeah. of tiredness a lot and it's been yeah. more strong, you know, in the last ha- so many months than it has been before. Of course, I'm dealing with um, a few things on my own right now, but I've heard from others, you know, even my buddy in Australia, you know, he'll, he'll tell me him and his wife are tired and they're younger than I am. Yeah. Well, I have felt uh, something. I'm not sure what it is, but I just slog a few more cups of coffee down and keep going, you know. But uh, I've, I have noticed it. And. My wife, I think, has noticed, and she's quite a bit younger than I am. People in their early to mid-30s, though, are even noticing it, and that's the strange thing about it. Yeah. I got to do a video, because I got I got some pictures on my phone I'm going to show of the sky, okay? And it's like, one day it'll be, you know, perfectly blue and just normal clouds, and then the next day it'll start out a clear day, right? And then these jets start flying over and just obscure the sky eventually you know there's so many of them and I've, I've taken pictures of them i've zoomed in on with binos and you know it's it's no secret they're spraying some junk it's it's just it gets thick it gets so thick it obscures the sun and today we were looking up at the sun and there was this huge ring around it you know like um like a halo uh, yeah kind of like a halo a little bit rainbowish looking but not quite rainbow you know but it did have some uh, like hints of the colors of the spectrum. There was a gal that uh, she was a whistleblower and she was in the Air Force and she was saying that after she got out, you know, she started making these videos. I, I can't remember her name right now, but she was threatened when she was in the Air Force, you know, to keep her mouth shut. And she was in charge of accounting for all the um, hazardous material acquisitions and use and dispersal of all these different chemicals that the military uses in cleaning their weapons or in the paint and, you know, whatever, whatever chemicals they use, they have a whole um, book on each chemical and what it does and, and, the, and the different safety precautions you have to use in order to use it. And you have to make reports out that you use so much and this and that and like that. Well, there was a whole bunch of these chemicals that she couldn't, you know, get account of because they weren't on the books. They weren't on the normal books, you know. And but they were they were being purchased, but she didn't have any, um, you know, way of finding out where the heck they were being used until she started looking into it. And then her bosses, her, her upper higher. Um, shut her down and told her, not, you know, just you, you need to do this or this. And they even moved her to a different um, department because she was getting too close to what was going on. And these chemicals cost money, okay, big bucks. And they were putting them in these planes that they've got rigged with these tanks that are hooked up to these sprayers. They're attached to the wings. And these pilots, uh, I don't know how they sleep at night, but they get up and they get in their jet and take off and, and they have a certain area that they're supposed to hit and a certain grid and a certain um, pattern, you know, and they spray a certain area with this stuff. And it's terrible stuff. I don't, I don't know what's in it, aluminum something or other and some other junk, 
And I know they're spraying something up there because I can see it, you know. And anybody that's got eyeballs can go look up at the sky and watch the sky just start turning gray as these jets buzz over. See, a normal contrail on a jet only lasts a few hundred meters behind the plane, you know, with the jet fuel they use. It just it disperses real quick. It's, you know, compared to this other junk, it's relatively harmless. But these trails are, like, thick, and they hang up there, and then they, they spread. And the, and the wind up there spreads them for miles and miles, you know, widths of swaths of this stuff. And it's I've just, taken pictures of it and know, put it up on my site. And I actually had my brother on um, last year. I want to say it was actually in May or June of last year. I had my brother on who lives in Florida, and he sees it and takes pictures of it. I've seen it here, and I take pictures of it. And they do. They linger. I've talked about this before. And, uh, you know, weather control, it's real. That's one way they're going after people right now. I mean, people don't believe that these Luciferians, they're into a death cult, and that is their ultimate goal, is to make people sick and kill them. There was a guy, I'm trying to remember his name, Dane Wigginton. Dane Wigginton, that's his name, he uh, has done a, he did a documentary on that, and I uh, posted that on my blog last year, but you can find it on YouTube, if it's still up on YouTube, of course they're taking everything down, and anybody who tries to cover it is called, you know, a conspiracy nut, but, you know, there's yeah. truth to what you're saying. But where do you, as far as what you see now with that, and then the, all the rumors of war, and we see all the activity, where do you see this going, if we look at the grand scheme well, of everything? You've got a whole scenario of things that are happening all at one time. I mean, we've got an elephant in the room with the food situation. You know, the different aspects of the food supply are dwindling, and they're trying to cover that up as much as they can. Yeah. It's either the plane crashes into the warehouses that prepare food or the warehouses themselves just are spontaneously going up in smoke and nobody seems to know what's happening. Yeah, it's planned, all right? There are no coincidences, you know? And let us not all forget that. While that's going on, then we have people keeling over from uh, all the after effects from this uh, COVID shot they were giving everybody. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, and, and a lot of pilots are dead, you know? I mean, I've read somewhere where there was like over 500 pilots that have passed away in the cockpit, you know? And you know there's got to be people out there that were witnesses to that if they were on board the plane at the time. But nobody wants to report that, you know? So then, you know, they, somebody might call up ABC News and say, hey, you know, we, we had an incident on the plane, and the pilot died and this and that, and they had to cart him off on a stretcher or something, you know, that, but nobody's, I, I haven't, I haven't personally heard anything. I don't know if you guys, you have, or somebody else might have, but. I'm seeing now that pilots for major airlines, they're landing and they're going into cardiac arrest and they've been vaccinated. And that's another thing, yeah. you know, there's news about that coming out. You know, and it's interesting as all this is coming out. I had this conversation with brother H that I had on a few shows ago and we were talking about how it's just convenient how now war is the main forefront as uh, all these effects are coming out. Yeah. Well, they're not going to be able to hide it pretty soon because you're going to see people dropping like flies, you know. They'll claim it's this or that or it's another outbreak of something or this or that. But, you know, we know what it is. And uh, it's not going to be good. And some of these folks, you know, that taking the junk, they're going to start having uh, behavioral problems if they're not already because their brains are not going to work right because their brains are being affected by the stuff and the uh, heebie-jeebies that are in there are eating away at their brains and eating away at their cells and eventually they're going to pop a gasket and that'll be that 
So you throw that in with that, with the stuff being sprayed, and then you got the concoction, and then all you need is something yeah. to activate it. And what would that be? Hmm. Well, we could you know speculate yeah. on that all night. But you know what? Most people need to understand is these things are the judgments that are being allowed. And yeah, when war comes, I mean, they don't understand. They think that there's still a political solution to all of this. And what do you say to people who believe that there's going to be blowback or that? Somehow we're going to fix this by elections. What is your take on that when you hear all that? Because everybody knows what my thoughts are on it. I've shared it before, but, you know, it's good to get other people's <laughs> takes on that. Yeah, well, there is not going to be any political solution to this. And, and, and people that have, you know, some forlorn hope that some leader in, in politics is going to save the day are just, you know, listening to Candyman because that is not going to happen. This is all basically geared to enslave us and, you know, eliminate most of us and make the rest of us slaves, you know. The bottom line is this country, it's a shadow of what it once was. And it's hollow. And, and the foundations are being pulled out from under it one by one. And we have people that are basically traders running the show and have sold us out and the Chinese and the, and the Russians and a few other nations, you know, have been playing this a long time and the country is so bloody period. It's just bloody. There's so much blood crying out from the ground from the different stages of our history that we've conducted these ops in different countries and stuff. And now it's coming back to bite us. So, not enough Christians have stood up either for what's righteous. They haven't spoke up about these evils. They've gone along. They've capitulated no, to it. No. You know, Christians, okay, they they go to church and they listen to the preacher preach something, you know, some deal. But the preachers are cowards, okay? Let's just call it how it is. They're cowards. They They don't really want to get to the nitty-gritty of what's a word saying about the time we're living in. And, you know, it's like putting the people that are supposed to be their sheep, you know, that they're supposed to be protecting at a, a high greater risk of uh, their salvation, of their eternal existence. And I wouldn't want to be them. They're making big bucks. And, and they've been, you know, the devil knows what he's doing. He's flooded them with baubles to keep them occupied. But pretty soon all them baubles are going to disappear and, you know, they're going to be all rounded up and they're going to be put on buses and taken to the pier and thrown on a boat and down the bottom of the boat they go. And there's not going to be a whole lot of, uh, you know, facilities down there for them to, uh, to use as far as staying clean. Uh, you ever been in the bottom of a boat, but it's not a good place on a good day. But when you've got, you know, three or 400 people in it and uh, they do what they do in there and they're all naked, okay, because they don't want these people escaping or, or causing a ruckus or whatever. So they're going to keep them down as much as they can, as far as anything physical on them. So they're just, and, and if they don't make it, oh, well, too bad. You know, they throw them overboard to the sharks, but they're going to take them to their countries and they're going to make slaves out of them. And these people are, are not fooling around. Okay. They're looking at America like a big ripe grape to pick. And it's gotten itself in this situation because the people have refused to repent because of their pride, you know? It's like, oh, it'll never happen here, and this and that. Well, take a good look at Ukraine, you know? I've seen some photos of and some videos <clears throat> over there 
and you walk down the streets and it's like a dystopian nightmare. I mean, the trees are blown apart. There's just crap everywhere in the streets. There's holes in the, in the, in the walls, the windows, there's not hardly any windows. There's dead bodies laying around. Well, people like look at it and go, well, that's over there. You know, it's not our deal, blah, blah. Well, that's what's going to happen here. And it's going to be even worse than that because most of this place is going to burn. You know, I mean, Nuclear weapons have a tendency to spread fire like nobody's business. And there's a lot of flammable material in this country. All the framing is mostly wood, except when you get in the cities. But even the steel and all that's going to get, you know, just be rubble in the streets. And you're going to have people running around in gangs and who knows what they might be on or or what, what they're being affected by what they might have taken before. And it's it's not going to be pretty. Um, Just imagine when people can't get their psychotropic medicines. They believe that that will not happen in America. Yeah. Or other countries yeah. for well, that they matter. Need to wake up, smell the coffee, man. Because we're on the very edge of it happening right now. How do you see it going There's, down? Like the suddenness when they invade or like when's the probable time of attack? How do you see that all playing out when that occurs? Well, it's pretty much like what Dimitri was shown and Henry Groover was shown, you know, and Chuck Young Brandt was shown, and several other prophets. And also, just when you read the Bible about what happened to Israel back in the day, you know, the food's going to get scarce. And when that happens, then you're going to have a lot more violent crime going on, and it's going to get worse and worse until the point where the cops aren't going to be able to do anything about it. And they're going to have to call in the military. Now, whose military they're calling in, I do not know. You know, it might be partially ours, but they'll probably team up with some uh, NATO slash UN compilation of units and bring them in here to clamp down. And there'll be a lot of people rounded up and put in camps. And, uh, you know, if you can avoid getting put in a camp, by all means, try to do it. You know, and if you're physically able, you got to look at why all this is happening and what we're here to do. You know, like if, if you get thrown into a camp, okay, well, there's not much you can do about that. And the Lord has you in his hands, okay? If you're a believer in him and you trust him, he's got you there. Maybe he's got you there to save one soul, you know, before he takes you home. And when you look at it from the way the Lord looks at it, you know, he's got us here for, this is, well, it's, it's our moment. I mean, he's put us here. We're like his special forces troops, you know, and we're dotted all over the landscape. And no matter how bad it may get, we have to endure. It says endure how many times in the Bible? I mean, I was reading, uh, I forget which book it was, but there was like 150 endures in there. You know, the word endure. That is true. I mean, we are to endure to the end, but there's also many out there who are willingly choosing to go into the captivity. By the way, I want to circle back to what you said yeah. um, about you know, the foreign invasions. And Henry Kissinger, he made a quote. This is back in 1991, I believe he made this quote. And he's one of the globalists, people need to realize. But he said, today, America would be outraged if UN troops entered Los Angeles to restore order. Tomorrow, they will be grateful. This is especially true if yeah. they were told that there were an outside threat from beyond, whether real or made up, that threatened our very existence. It is then that all people of the world will plead to deliver them from this evil. The one thing every man fears is the unknown. When presented with this scenario, individual rights will be willingly relinquished for the guarantee of their well-being granted to them by world government. 
you know, let's look at another one. He said, who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. So, you know, like I said, he's a globalist. And uh, everything that they have written about or said, now you see it happening. And these quotes, you know, they were made back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, You know, nobody has the direct dates, but yeah. And by the way... They just had a meeting for world government a few months ago. Yeah, the, the powers of beer having little chit-chats all the time. Well, they yeah. have another one coming yeah. out uh, in May that they're doing here, coming up in a few weeks. They're going to be, it's at the yeah. G7, they're going to be talking about um, a response to future diseases. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't think people well, understand how quickly it could all fall apart, and when it does how quickly they'll beg, because that's what they did. They begged for the vaccine, like, oh, please save us from the boogeyman virus. Oh. Yeah. And that's what I saw from the very beginning. I said what they're going to do is scare people enough that they're going to beg to get the vaccine, and then when they do, that's going to be the real problem, the real threat. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They're going to try to make it appealing, you know, in some way that, oh, you're doing the right thing, and it's your patriotic duty, and all this jazz, you know. But, uh... It'll be the same way when the economy collapses. This is the whole thing about the storm. And that's how I started this podcast when I talked to Glinda. Why are my children continuing to play around and not get in the ark when I have told you time and time again these things are coming? Yeah. And they are. They're still playing. Well, that won't happen here. It'll be okay. Things are going to go back to normal. Did you hear about the Trump rally in Ohio the other night? I'm like, I don't care about the Trump rally. That's not important right now. (laughs) And just as I don't care about the rally, I don't care about, you know, the whole thing with Twitter and Elon Musk. You know, people better realize that this is all planned. Okay, this, he's one of them. I mean, the man owns the Starlink system. How can anybody think that that's not to be tied into building a social credit system? That's exactly what it is. It's all tied together. You see, this is my point. They're going to present all kinds of distractions to make it look good. But it's anything but good. And people are walking right into it. They did the same thing with the digital currency. I mean, putting it into perspective. Bitcoin, anyone? What do you think that was for? Digital currency. And now they're going to be starting to tie it in. There's already ads running on TV. Tying it in to, you know, a passport or a good behavior. This is where it's going. It's going to be the same thing with social media. It's going to be the same thing with services not worked correctly. Making everything break down making everything not work, and then saying, oh, here's the solution. Just like, oh, here's a disease. We have the vaccine. Oh, we have, I mean, this is the thing. People need to learn to be aware of these things. And that's why it helps for us to talk about them. I mean, what do people think that Build Back Better, what do they think it is? You have to demolish what doesn't work or what was of the old way to bring in the new way, the new normal. The new world order. Connect the dots and put it together. I mean, interesting. You put a man in control of a company that's social media when he was building stuff that was AI and things that hook into the brain. Does anybody not see a parallel there? I mean, this this is what I'm saying. It doesn't matter how crazy it gets. Everyone fawns over a president or fawns over a man, whether it's Musk or Trump or anybody else. I mean... This has to stop. This has to stop. People need to realize where it is. 
I mean, we better recognize the habit now, because who are you going to fawn for next? The Antichrist? Because you know he's going to come in and promise you all sorts of beautiful, pretty little things, and give you the beautiful illusion. And if you don't get smart and wise to this now, and ask the Lord for wisdom to see it, it's going to be hurtful to those who fall for it. And it could mean their eternal soul. It could mean their salvation. Stop being part of their experiments. When you disregard what's obvious, you are becoming part of their experiments. And I'm not talking to you to treat you like you're stupid. I'm trying to tell you that there are things, too many things that are not a coincidence. Be aware, be aware, and be vigilant of these things. It is all programming, all of it. Every single thing you see anymore, you cannot trust any of it. Look at the greater meaning behind it. When they tell you we're going to consolidate this or do this or this is more convenient. Nothing is more convenient anymore. Everything needs to be looked at under a microscope, especially if you're a Christian. I mean, Jesus said, is there anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? It's not coming. It's here. It's all a dress rehearsal for the mark of the beast. And they are very close to launching that system. Very close. All they're looking for is the perfect excuse. A war, a disease, a financial collapse. That's all they're looking for. Wake up and smell the coffee. I mean, how can the average person not understand how they're being sold down a river? And specifically, how can Christians not understand that they're being sold down a river? You know, we need to stop the idolatry. And this is a real danger. And the reason I'm presenting this in such a strong way is because what are you going to do when the Antichrist comes onto the scene? Everything up until now, every single person that's fawned over, whether it's a president or a person who's buying a, a social media company, it needs to be understood that that's exactly what's going to happen when they bring the Antichrist onto the scene. They will present this person like, oh, look at he's doing us a favor. He's doing this. He's doing that. When in reality, he's not trustworthy and he's evil. I mean, we really, really need to get our ducks in a row, guys. You should not be looking to anybody but Jesus right now. I mean, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man, Christ Jesus. So, no political savior, no tech conglomerate. To put it into perspective, I mean, everybody wants to trust this whole thing with Twitter. And I'm using this as an example because it's at the forefront right now. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, he appeared to be trustworthy too, didn't he? Until he actually said out loud, without people knowing it, they actually trust me, dumb effers. You know, cover your ears all you want for hearing that. I, you know, but that's that's really what he said. I don't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. Watch what they do. Know them by their fruits, guys. Because it is going to get very real very soon. And I don't know how else to put it more plainly. We should only be looking to our Lord Jesus Christ. We should not be looking into the world for hope that things are going to go back to the way they were. And continuously, I see people 
on comments on YouTube for certain videos, out of one side of their mouth, they're saying, yeah, I recognize what time it is. Oh, but we're, we still need to hold out hope for this. We still need to hold out hope for that. No. 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 Realize the times. Discern the times. Jesus gave us the parables. And in fact, to quote Jesus accurately, when he was talking about the parable of the fig tree, he said, Now learn this parable from the fig tree. When its branch has already become tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. And is, in verse 32 of Matthew 24, is italicized. Going on to verse 33. So you also, when you see all these things, know that it is near at the doors. There is no other way in the world right now. We need to look to Jesus, not an idol, not a man. I mean, can you imagine right now, the Lord is looking down on us and he's saying, okay, I'm giving them A, B, C, D, and E. I'm showing them that my word is starting to fulfill. They're not consuming my bread. They're consuming the bread of the world. I mean, we need to continue to reflect and put things into perspective and take a step back because one thing life should have taught us all by now is that if it seems too good to be true, it is in the worldly sense. We're supposed to be setting our minds on the things of heaven. We're supposed to be setting our minds on eternal life, not the world, not the things of the earth. Because if we are, that is idolatry. We are putting those things first. And what I'm saying by that, you know, and not to be confused, if your hope is in these people who are, you know, saying, oh, you're going to have an ounce of freedom or you're going to have normal back, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do the other, that you are being sold without even realizing it. And in case you haven't noticed, this country, I mean, it is morally bankrupt and financially bankrupt. We have so much debt, it will never be paid off. And as such, we have gone into captivity. But those of us walking with the Lord have not gone into captivity. The powers that be think that they have taken us into captivity, but they can never chain those who belong to Jesus, okay? So, you know, in hindsight, those who don't believe it, it is not getting better. So they can throw a crumb here and there and say what sounds good and tickles your ears. And it's fulfilling 2 Timothy 3, where in the last days people will believe whatever their itching ears want to hear. And so what I am trying to exhort to you all is don't buy it. Don't buy it. Focus on the Lord. Focus on Jesus. Not the lies of the world and the evil one. Because the whole world lies in the evil one. You have to remember that. And you cannot trust anything. Have the last two years not shown us that? This is why people need to have the oil in their lamps and be paying attention. I'm done ranting, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, they, you know, that's the thing. You know, they, they listen to this propaganda. Brainwashing works. Okay, they, they, there are experts, there are um, guys that 
in think tanks that, you know, uh, how can we get them to sway and go this way? I'm just to go that way, you know, and the false flags and the whole nine yards. But it's a constant barrage of, since we're born, of brainwash through media, TV, movies, all that jazz. And it gets people in a certain um, think, you know, their, their heads are shaped a certain way by all this stuff. And they, if, if everything's good and they're not hungry and, and they got a place to sleep and, um, you know, party hardy, you know, everything's all right. But what they don't know is, is they've had the wool pulled over their eyes and it's like the blind leading the blind. So uh, the ditch is waiting for them. And, and the, the people in this country, you know, for the most part, not to say that there's a lot of people that haven't suffered, but um, for the most part, everybody in this country is soft. You know, now you take a homeless person who's been on on the streets for a while, and, and they're actually wiser, and smarter, and more street savvy, and more savvy about what's happening than most everybody else. You know, I mean, they know what it's like to live under a bridge or in the bushes and and de- and have to deal with that kind of stuff. If they've ever had anything, all their stuff, everything they've ever owned taken away from them, they know what that's like, and they know how to get through it. And they know how to endure it, you know. But for the most part, you know, all these people that go to church on Sunday are dressed in their nines, you know, uh, showing off the latest hairdo or whatever. They're not going to fare too well under their bridge tomorrow, you know. You got a good point there. There's a lot of people who haven't been without uh, company. There's a lot of people who haven't sat alone enough to reflect. There's a lot of people who haven't um, faced hard times or been in a situation where they need to depend on somebody for mercy. They take it all for granted. And as a result, they yeah. haven't been through it themselves, so they don't know what it's like to have sympathy and mercy towards somebody who's actually suffering. And I'm sorry to say, but there's a lot of Christians out there who live this way, you know? And I talked about this earlier uh, when I had Glinda on in the first half of the show. I was talking about this with her where I said, you know, they they have not, they don't know how to be merciful because they have not gone through hard times themselves. And right. unfortunately, they think that, oh, well, but I'm saved. And once saved, always saved. And I'm just going to be whisked away. It's like, on the contrary, if you're not merciful to someone, you're going to be shown, especially if the Lord is speaking to you and you are not obedient, you are going to be shown your own sins. And that's exactly what's happening right now. The people's sins are being exposed. And Steve Quayle said it the best, actually. I don't know if you remember the quote. He said, before I allow America to be destroyed in a nuclear war, I'm going to expose the sins of its leaders and then the sins of its people before a holy God. And to actually put that in the context, uh, you know, brother, that was not actually his words. Those were words that the Lord gave him back. I want to say that was a prophecy he got between 1987 and 1992. I'd have to double check it. But he has quoted that message many, many times. Yeah, that's a sobering thing, you know. He could end this place in a split nanosecond, you know? How arrogant is man, you know? You, you, you look out at the stars, you know, and you look up and and you, and you there's clusters of clusters of clusters of galaxies beyond ours, way out there. And just how, how, it, it boggles my mind to think that there's some dude in this, on this world right now Who's going to think he's God, you know? And it's like, I'd like to ask him a few questions. Like, well, how many galaxies are there, man? You know, exactly. Can you tell me? Hmm? 
<laughs> well, there's the elites the... who do, and then there's people who they are all for their little G's and their idols, and then they themselves yeah. want to be idols when they go online and put pictures of their nails or their hair or take pictures of their food, and they have to be their own celebrity. And they're totally disconnected and yeah. indifferent. And that's the thing. What? You know, there has to yeah. be a, a realization, and there's a lot of indifference. That's the problem right now. Well, they need to read Jeremiah a few times. You know? They should, because a lot of them will yeah. scoff and laugh at the prophets. And there's actually a verse. You know, there's this verse in Jeremiah. Let's go listen to the prophet. Oh, let's laugh at him. Oh, but we're going to continue to do what we want. He's just entertainment. Yeah. And I think people, you know, and I'm not saying it's everyone, but I think some people literally listen to these shows that, you know, I do or that, you know, Glenda does, and they think it's entertainment. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, yeah. well, well, I'll just well. sit on the fence and I'll wait. I don't know how many people really take it seriously, but you know, well, overall, mad dog, red elephant, man, ready to ready to rock and roll and get on a rampage right now. And when when he does that facade, you know, of phony or whatever you want to call it, it's going to lift just like in a heartbeat. And then people's knees are going to knock together, you know, literally, their knees will knock together and they will lose their bowels. Right where they stand. That's the reality that they're facing. When we when we have invasion, you know, going back to that invasion we were talking about when that occurs, you know, do you think that'll come in the middle of the night? Because let me tell you, that's that'll be the one thing to get someone's attention. Oh yeah, uh, there's other folks that have probably seen that, and I've heard of other folks that have seen that, like Linda, she saw that too. Did it and, it? and it would make it would make perfect sense because it would be a tactic to use to basically instill the greatest amount of fear in foreboding in the people that they're trying to um, take over. You know, it would hit them at night when they're not expecting it, when everything seems good. That's why I think, you know, like all this stuff that's going on in Europe right now, I think there's something big just about to happen right now. The war is going to escalate and it's going to spread and it's going to go off into, into other parts of Europe. I've heard some inklings of the way the media is portraying Russia as, you know, having some serious problems and this and that, and that. Uh, well, they're not as inept and as uncoordinated as they may appear. They are doing exactly what they planned on doing. In the process, they are learning some things, and Putin is learning who he can trust in his own military and who he can rely on. And that's what happens when you start conducting operations is you, you weed out the bad seed and you, and you, you stick with what you got that's working. And then when you got that all fine-tuned, then you ramp it up and you get everybody on board and feed them with everything they need to get the job done according to the plan that you've had established, you know, a long time ago. And it's kind of a learning curve for everybody involved, but they've had 50, 60 years to plan this. And it's culminating now, you know. And he's basically trying to get this European faction kind of out of his way for other operations that he has in mind. And one of them is to come over here and take this place because they want the resources and they want um, the land. I mean, they're going to rob this place blind. They're going to take stuff that we don't even know it's here, but they do, you know, or and things like that and other places where there's oil and, you know, whatever they can use, they are going to take it and use it to build up their power base. And they're going to take the people. I mean, whoever's left who's survived, who's healthy, 
they're going to round them up, put them on boats, and send them back over to where they need to put them to work. You know, and oh come on, that's not um, gonna, that's not going to happen. You know that. Now come on, why are you why are you, why are you lying to my <laughs> listeners? Don't you know we're well, all going to get whisked it, out of here because we're all just innocent and pure? Well, I don't know what Bible they're reading, but the one I'm reading doesn't tell me that. You know, it, it says, how many times did Jesus say endure in there? Count how many times the word endure is in there. I have a feeling that something may happen here in the United States, okay? And they're going to blame it on Russia. And then something else may happen that's in the natural, like a natural event, like a earthquake or something. There's going to be um, a warning shot. And it, and it could be the West Coast. You know, it could be something major happened on the west coast you said something about animals earlier yeah glinda's dog has been act her dogs have been acting strange um my dogs have been acting they just they want excessive attention more so than ever and you know i mean they're just on edge and i was explaining to glinda earlier that animals can hear frequencies that we as humans cannot yeah they sense stuff yeah so that's why I was asking yeah, you mine, before we got on to do the podcast yeah. if uh, you had been, well, been experiencing that with any of your animals. No, not not so much. I mean, there's a lot of uh, natural animal life out in the woods around me. But when I used to live on the West Coast, I had a little puppy. And that puppy warned me or confirmed something I already felt about something that was going to happen and it was an earthquake. And, um, I even had mentioned it to someone that very evening before the quake hit. And, um, anyway, I ended up sleeping, uh, on the couch that night and I was fully, fully dressed and I had a flashlight on me cause I always carry a flashlight you know, for work and stuff. And, and that's something I, I highly recommend everybody to do is if you don't wear a belt, get used to doing it and wear a flashlight and probably a knife too because those two items right there may save the day but anyway to make a long story short this dog was acting weird that night and and it wanted out it wanted in and wanted out it just you know it was acting really strange finally i i got it to settle down a little bit and i dozed off and the next thing i know man the house is like a jackhammer going up and down up and down up and down you know and this roar of racket and it was the 94 quake that hit uh, Northridge and I only lived about a mile and a half from the epicenter at the time. I remember hearing about that on the news. Uh, that aside from the 89, that one was pretty big. Oh, it was huge. I lived in a single uh, level dwelling and it, I thought it might come down and it was shaking that bad. Anyhow, I just have a feeling that in Europe, something's going to happen and it's going to escalate to the point where NATO does get involved big time and we send more troops over there and, and they may even reinstate the draft here. And then, I mean, I know they're sneaking troops over there right now, kind of on the sly, quiet, like calling up reservists and stuff like that. So, you know, you, you have to go, well, Hmm. You know, why are they doing that? Well, because they anticipate something that majorly is going to happen and they're probably going to absorb some more pieces of Europe uh, the Russians, and maybe even head south a little bit. I don't know, but uh, but something may erupt also, I would think, in the uh, Persian Gulf area as well. And that is like the lifeline of the country is the oil. And if they shut the oil down or they curtail it a lot, that's really going to hit the economy hard. Saudi Arabia, their 
calling in their gold. And Israel, I just read, is dumping the dollar and going for the Chinese uh, yuan. Yeah. Yeah, they're disengaging from the United States. Well, a lot of countries and, are. And, and then France, and we didn't even cover France and Germany. They're turning. So essentially, yeah. you know, the United States is only going to be left with Australia and the UK. So it's not going to bode well. But you know as well as I do, they're going to turn around and they're going to blame it on the shortages or they're going to blame it on COVID or they're going to blame it on, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, they're going to think of a million excuses, but the whole thing's been arranged. That's what people need to understand. And it was meant to happen this way. No, no. Pray for the Europeans, our brothers and sisters in, the, in Europe, because they're going to be in for a really hard time. And uh, We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters all around the world, not just in Europe. Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to get a taste of this. It's not just going to be limited to one country or another. This is going to be a worldwide thing. It's going to be, this is why a lot of people call it World War III, because that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And even if war doesn't come to nations, the famine, the famines, the shortages, those are going to certainly arrive. Yeah. I've heard people say that uh, the red horse is riding and all that, you know. I've even said it, but I have a feeling that we haven't seen the red horse get up yet. No, if the white horse is riding, because right now they're getting the ducks in a row to come after and persecute. They had to set that up first between the haves and the have-nots. So those who don't have food versus those who do... Oh, look, they're your enemy. They've got everything. Go after them. Oh, well, if you turn them in, we'll give you their stuff. Yeah. And remember, those who lead into captivity will go into captivity because it's in Revelation 13. So just anybody listening to this who thinks they're going to rub their hands together and go, wah, I'm going to go. It's like, no, you don't. You're going to get judged too. You've been warned. <laughs> just, uh, you know, prepare as best you can and pray about it because. There's nothing wrong with defending yourself and the people you love. Amen. If you don't, you're an infidel, you know? And, you know, read Nehemiah. Get a lesson from him because he had a pretty good setup there and he was able to do what he had to do and he had a lot of opposition that wanted to kill him all. But God was with him and, and helped guide him to do what he did to protect his people. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, people get all wrapped around the axle about this live by the sword, die by the sword, and all that jazz, you know? You know, in their eyes, I probably have lived by the sword all my life. and um, But that's not really the case. I mean, living by the sword means, like, you go out and you rape and pillage and, and, and take what you want with the sword, you know? It I doesn't think mean many, don't I think you're many, the one to protect yourself. Yeah, defending your household and your family, I think that's a whole different territory instead of rules. Yeah. I mean, because God does but not honor a lot the, of different. God does not honor a lot of, the cowardly. You know, He wants no. he ex, men who are married and they have a family are expected to defend their wives and their children and their household. Yeah, and and it, it, to be like to think that there's supposed to be some passive, uh, peaceful to the extreme moronic way. That's a good thing. Well, they need to read their Bible a little more. You know, that's not what it says. They do need to read their Bible. And, you know, that's the problem. Most people, I'm sorry to say, they really don't read their Bible. They will depend on somebody else to tell them everything. And if it sounds reasonable, they'll go along with it. You know, it's itching ears, itching ears. It's misinterpretations. No in-depth study. And I'm not saying everybody's like this, but there's a lot of people who will not read or study the word. 
Same with these podcasts. There's people who will comment right after the show goes up and they'll ask a question or ask for a prayer in contradiction to what I just got done talking about as if they turned it off after the first 10 minutes and didn't even finish listening to it. I mean, it's the same when they go to church. They go to church, sit there for an hour, listen to the pastor standing up there at the pulpit, and he'll tell them what they want to hear, and they'll nod their head and say amen, but not go look it up themselves and not ask questions because most people don't want to be bothered. They want the easy life and they want the easy living. And I'm sorry to say, but, you know, you're right. This is how people are misled because, like the propaganda, they don't read into it or they don't do study. You know, and people all the time want to know why they don't hear from the Lord. Well, you got to spend time with him. And if you're getting into his word, then that's the more you're going to hear from him. He'll speak to you through his word. But most people don't do that, or a lot of people don't take the time to do that. So they don't have discernment. You know, I, I got a revelation in spirit. I was in worship one night. Um, you know, this is about a month ago now because I did a podcast called Poor Choices. and. What he told me was they could have as much of or as little of him as they want, and they're choosing. They're choosing their own way. And this is the purpose behind this whole series. The indifference, not listening, doing whatever, playing around, even as, you know, we're in the area of wars and rumors of wars and, you know, who knows what else. Lockdowns, persecution, one world government. Uh, digital currencies, you know, it isn't the time to be playing around. And yet, people continue to play and reject the Lord and reject his warnings when the writing is on the wall. And so that's why, you know, we have to mention these things, because unfortunately, that's a sad reality. And that's why a lot of us were indifferent to one another. And that's, you know, how I started the series. Yeah, these preachers and, the, and these people that claim that, you know, you have to turn the other cheek in a certain situation. Sure. But when somebody means to aim to do you harm or your people harm, you better be in between them with something heavy enough to stop it. You know, on that topic, you know? I wanted to ask you something. What is your take on uh, Romans 13? Because there's a lot of pulpits preaching that, like, you should go along with it. You should just go along with it. Don't make waves. Submit well, yourselves. that's exactly what I was saying with, with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know? They were told by their government to do something that was totally uh, immoral and, and wrong and, and against God. And they said, no, we're not going to do that. Thank we're you. We're going to continue because... to do what the Lord has told us to do. Thank you, brother, and, because you know, I've been asked about that. Sand. I've been asked about that uh, by family members. And I said, well, I would think that that applied during normal times to be submissive to the law. But when the law is anti-God and what they're trying to do is anti-God, then the rules don't apply. No. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. <laughs> I have a shirt that says that on there. And, and that means and, and that I, means being standing up for what's right and speaking truth and stop cowering in the corner and expecting everyone else to do it. Why is it everybody acts like right. you're so afraid to say anything? Yeah, that's exactly. You know, you, I remember when you and I started talking, you're like, where's the men? And I said, I don't know, maybe in a nail salon. I mean, are we going to yeah. are we going to stand for the Lord? Or are we going to stand firm in our faith? Or are we going to submit to this? You know, these are questions Maybe we have we to reread a little bit of American history, too. Right. You know? right. I mean, if our forefathers had somebody telling them about Romans 13, I think they would have probably thrown that guy right out uh, off the beach, you know? <laughs> 
Because they understood it. I mean, the boats were in the harbor ready to unload thousands of troops to come and get their guns. That's what that was about. Their guns were the only thing they had to keep them from this tyrannical army, the strongest army on the face of the earth, to come and basically rape and pillage and take everything they had. And turn them into slaves. Exactly. What do you say to those who say, well, you, we have a constitution, though, to protect? Well, they better dang well protect it, you know? And they read it in a while? <laughs> because uh, these people, you know, the military I was in was a lot different than the one that exists today. But like I said, brainwashing works. But, um, you know, the constitution, we had to swear or affirm an oath to the constitution when we entered the military. And to defend it, to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And that means to defend what the Constitution means as well and what is in it, which is the Bill of Rights and all the other statutes that are in there. The Constitution is a covenant. Did you know that? It's a covenant. It's an agreement. Covenant, agreement, same thing. God helped those men put that down on paper. I believe it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's a document that was inspired by God to help these men form a form of government that would last a while. And if they followed what it said in there, it would probably have lasted another couple thousand years. But because we abandoned those principles that are in that Constitution, here we are, you know. They've all but done away with it. Yeah. I mean, they, they constantly are stomping on it, you know, every time you turn around. And, and you got all these people that uh, have power that are constantly twisting it or, or watering it down or just burying it totally. And No, they've applied it but to... The, uh, but I tell you what, there's, rules, there, rules for there the... is an element of people in this country, man, that do understand what it says and do believe in, in what the principles of it are. And they know they came from God. And they're going to stand their ground come that day. They're going to stand their ground. And maybe they're going to die in place. But you know what? They're going to die free men. Well, for that, all we have to do is look at Psalm chapter 11, verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the Bill of Rights Constitution, well, that's what this country was founded on. I mean, because what know, a lot of people don't realize. Because, you, you know, when you have nothing give left. everything they have for, for what they have believed in. And that's a lot more than a lot of Christians have done. Right. You know? And that's that's really sad. And. You know that's it what is, I want to put on. Truth. <laughs> that's what I want to put on people's hearts. It takes everybody, and you know I've said before. I'm like, where's the cohesion? Why there's so many in disagreement? It it doesn't make any sense. But you know, there's this old the old famous saying: "Hang together or hang separate." And should we not yeah. be unified in the body? Well, everybody has to be praying and unified in prayer. And touch with the Holy Spirit, you know? Everybody in this country that's a believer, I mean, if we all, everybody, got down and really sought the Lord, and, and I mean like in sackcloth and ashes, man, you know, in a fire pit somewhere, and just weep and cry out to God, like it says, if we humbled ourselves, you know, and truly repented, He would heal this land. That's what it says. You know, I mentioned this earlier, but... um. I had a very powerful experience. I don't think I told you about this yet. I know I told Glinda. <clears throat> I had a very powerful experience about a month ago now. 
and it was right before I did the podcast called Poor Choices, and the Lord's presence was on me so strong that it brought me to tears, and it's almost like time stopped. And he revealed to me, I said, Lord, it would be so nice if so many people could feel what it was like to have your presence. They could, but they reject me. You know, they don't live in his ways either. You know, brother, they, unfortunately, there's a lot out there, you know, they they live super religious. They, you know, they don't understand that Jesus came to carry our sins. And that doesn't mean no sinning's okay. But there's disdain in the body and how they treat others. You know, scorning and parched lips and this prideful attitude, again, of everybody else can do it. And you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. But I won't help you either because I don't show mercy. They forget the golden rule. And that is to treat others as they would want to be treated themselves. And yet, for some reason, this is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, I, I see it all the time. I see other Christians who leave a comment. Everyone's indifferent, doesn't even bother to acknowledge. And people don't know how to be courteous and even, you know, say amen or just anything if they're doing something to lift somebody up. I mean, there's so many who have lost their salt and they don't even realize it, you know, but they could have the Lord but they keep rejecting him and they're rejecting his ways. And the worst part is they're not seeing it. They're not seeing it. I mean, they're blind. They think they can see, but they can't. I mean, for lack of better word, it's hypocrisy. People want the Lord. They want the love of the Lord, but they don't want to practice what his word says. They don't want to live the word. Like I was talking about with Glinda in the last segment. I mean, do they believe that Jesus loves them, or do they not? Because if they do, why are they living contrary to what his gospel teaches? Yeah, exactly. I, I had a similar thing happen to me. I, it had to do with my kids. And I was like, you know, I was down on the floor weeping. And I said, God, they don't, they don't believe I love them. You know, they don't think I love them. And it was just because of the situation that I was in and I had experienced whatever, but, you know, and I, and he said to me and very clearly, mine don't either. Just like that, man. And it, and it was like, Oh, you know, and I, I realized why he had put me in that position was to realize that see? fact, yep. you know? So you see, you've, you've felt that, you know, and you've heard the same thing. Yeah. So you can, you can verify yeah. what I just told you. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I really, really pray that this podcast it, it gets everybody to consider where they are in their walk with him in this late hour. Yeah, well, that's included, brother. <laughs> you know, because it's a fearful thing to be standing in front of him. You know, I reflect on that all the time. That's why I appeal. Yeah. That's why I appeal so much. Hebrews ten thirty one, brother. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And how many people just simply do not fear him? They continue to do whatever they want, even as the judgments are right upon us. Yeah. That's what the Lord well, means by gonna... get into the ark and start living for me and start living right. Stop playing around in the world, doing whatever you want and being disobedient. Yeah. 
they're running out of time. I mean, I mean, I I expect. I mean, any day now, you know, something. It's 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 going to change like in some ways overnight. Okay, there's there's going to be something happen. I don't know what, but something um, that's going to affect the basic uh, needs of uh, our existence: our food, our water, our heat, the, the economic economic system. You know, it's all going to. People are going to have to make a choice right then. What are you going to do? Are you going to go with the world, or are you going to go with the Lord? You know. You know, and they, and they should have made that decision already. But you know, there's always going to be stragglers. They'll get mad when it doesn't work out for them. They'll get mad. A lot of yeah, they'll rant and they'll, and then they'll run. To, and then but, they'll run to every single know, Christian who knows the Bible. That's if you can get it. If they haven't banned it by then, they're going to run to everybody and yeah. want them to pray for them and be merciful to them, even though they didn't know how to practice it themselves when they had the opportunity to do it. See how that's going to work. The tides are going to turn. Yeah. And the Bible says so. You know, nobody gets to just stand on the sidelines and point their finger and say, well, look at what that person does. Nah. Nope. Because the Lord's looking at all of us. He is looking at each and every single one of his children and what they're doing. And there is a record kept of everything here on the earth that we do. And everything we say. Well, the, for the folks that do know the Lord, you know, and, and have followed him and have been praying and have been getting into the word, you know, and actually our vessels that are fit for duty. Persecution is coming big time. We're all going to be targets and it's going to be pretty rough. And uh, and how many also who say they're in a close walk, but aren't really in a close walk are going to turn on others when things aren't working in their favor. See, that's another yeah, part you have to remember uh, that people don't think about. Only God knows. Yeah. I mean, people are going to betray each other you know a man's worst enemies are going to be those of his own household you know and, and that means like your favorite son or your daughter or your wife you know he said you know he who doesn't love me more than his family or his his wife and his kids and his net you love them more than me you're not worthy of me you know and he wasn't saying not to love them he was just saying i, I need to be number one in your life and everything else will fall in place, you know, basically. But uh, they I don't know if they breach that, you know. I mean, brother, I couldn't say. I mean, I have heard stories from people I have talked to personally where they've told me that, you know, my, my pastor never talks about that or my priest never talks about that or, you know. And what you were just quoting, Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 36, you know, Jesus said, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. That says right there that there's going to be the believers, and then there's going to be the unbelievers. And by the way, one thing people don't realize that was a dress rehearsal of this was what we saw during the lockdowns and during COVID. Do you wear a mask? Are you vaccinated? Well, then you can't come over and have, you know, holiday dinner, you know, and so on and so forth. You know, all the persecution that was taking place then, that was a test right there. And it was a demonstration to believers also, I believe, as to how it's going to go. You know, people can debate that all they want. Don't say I didn't warn you. That's exactly what they were doing. Everything 
that you see now is, like I said earlier, not a coincidence. And Christians, they need to look at it under a microscope. And if I was at a church that was not preaching it, I would probably ask my pastor, why do you never talk about this? Or why do you never talk about that? And I'd be curious as to see what they would say. I'd like to be a fly on the wall that would be observant to a conversation like that as to a parishioner asking his pastor why they don't talk about the end days or, you know, do they go into Jesus and how he's going to bring division in the last days because he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff and he's going to burn the chaff of the fire. Do they get into the nitty gritty, you know, of what that means, you know? I think there's certain topics and hot point in the word that, and things that Jesus said that these preachers, they shun from approaching it to risk offending their flock, I guess, that are paying their kitty, you know, but they need to forget about that and do what God tells them to do and everything will be all right. That I mean, that's what it's about is trusting him, trusting him. You know, which means you lay your life at his feet and go here, take it, you know, make it but here's, be what you want me to be. But here's you know? the caveat with all of this. You see, when we take a look at John chapter three, verse 17, the word says God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. However, you know, let's repeat the verse one more time. Matthew 10, starting on verse 34, do not assume that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. And what that means when we compare it, the two, because we look at John 3, why Jesus came, but see, the people rejected Jesus. They rejected. Yeah. So that's how they became the enemies. And that is the division that the Lord is speaking out by the sword of the gospel because they don't know the gospel. They don't put it into practice. And that's the rub. And that's what people need to get from this podcast. When you're playing in the world, you're not putting into practice the gospel. You're believing what your itching ears want to hear that you're saved, but the moment times get tough for you, are you really going to remain true to the Lord? Yeah. That's a question yeah. everybody needs to ask themselves. I hate to put it that way, but it's true. It's based biblically. I'm not making that up. Yeah, it says it pretty plain. Yeah. He's made it plain enough, you know, that a person is not exceptionally intelligent, but has the heart to love the Lord to get it, you know? And that's the key thing is, is to Amen. be that's right. humble, humble yourself, you know, and say, look, I know I don't know all the answers. Help me figure it out. Help me understand what you're all about, really, you know? And keep it simple. And then go from there and pray and seek him with all of your heart and your, all your mind, all your soul, and he will answer your prayer. In fact, that's First Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And, you know, doggedly pursue it with everything you have, and you'll be all right, because he honors that big time. He knows you're going to make a few mistakes. You know, everybody makes mistakes, but you learn from them and you keep driving on. You just keep plodding up that mountain until you get there. You know, I have a feeling uh, what I was thinking earlier tonight, it just sort of hit me. It's like, man, a lot of people are going to die real soon. I don't know how many, but a lot. When I got that and Glinda got that and her friend Brenda got that, 
That's why I reached out to you because I was reaching out to a few people I know who get prophetic messages. I'm like, are you, did you feel a shift in the spirit this morning or is it just me? And it was interesting because I got it just before Glinda called me, but then she's like, wait until you see my message today. And she got the same exact thing almost verbatim. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I did not even know about that. And I I was just sitting having my coffee and talking to the Lord. And I'm like, I don't know what to say at this point. I don't know what to say at this point. And suddenly it came up in my spirit strong. And it was, why are my children not getting into the ark when I consistently call them? And that's where this podcast came from. Yeah. Because the hour is very late. And, you know, people can look at that like a, a bad cliche, but it's true. The hour is very late. And the Lord yeah, has been patient, and he has been merciful, but he's saying, you know, my scripture is going to be fulfilled. But then again, you know, Jesus said, but as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. You know, they were playing around, not paying attention, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Now, it's pretty plain, it's right there in Scripture. Oh yeah, that's exactly it. You know, that, that hit me too, was his Scripture, you know, when you when you're reading the book, dude, it's it's like it's it's happening right now. It's happening. I mean, it's it's sort of struck me really strong. Like it is happening, and many know, people think it's not. Word, They're like, oh, my well, word I, is being fulfilled right now. My you, word is being fulfilled right now. You know, right? And people people refer to Bible times. You know, way back in Bible days, back in Bible days. Well, people. It is Bible days right now. It has been, and it has always been. I mean, we live in such a little tiny sliver of of of, of a time in in the big realm of eternity. It's hardly a blip on the radar, you know. No, it wasn't so, a thousand years ago, and it's not a hundred years from now. It's now. We're in it. It's here. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I I'm willing to say I believe the Antichrist is at work behind the scene. I think he's here on the earth, and I I believe he's at work and. I believe that's where a lot of what we're seeing is coming from. There, are, somebody is taking orders from someone somewhere. Oh yeah, none yeah, of this, he's, none he's, of this is a coincidence. No, he's 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 here. We betcha. You know, the darker people behave, the more manifestation of the evil is allowed to encroach, and it's only getting darker and darker. That's exactly why. Darker. Everyone you know. needs to consider their ways. You know, and separately, Glinda had posted a message on August 3rd, 2020, called More Darkness. And I'm going to read that really quick. And it says, My children, some of the people you thought were mine hid far more darkness in their hearts than you believed. Now, as the increase of darkness in men's hearts continues, it becomes apparent they can hide it no more. With the increase of light and darkness, I am drawing a line between the sheep and the goats, between the dark and the light. I am causing you to choose each day who you will serve. Will you serve the light and be mine? Or will you serve darkness and belong to my enemy? I have told you it would become apparent as the light and darkness increased who was on each side, and so it has. I have caused it to come out into the open, 
though it is unsettling for my people to see. My children, though some of what is revealed will surprise you, I am showing you mercy that you may know who is truly for you and who is not. For those who walk in darkness are deceivers and want what you have. And that's exactly what you and I were speaking about just a little bit ago. You know, it's here, brother. It's here. Yeah. I mean, it's if you could see the spiritual realm probably right now, it's like a dark cloud of this permeating stench that's just hanging over the whole planet, you know? And the way the Lord sees it, I imagine it just, you know, take a piece of tweezers and pull the earth out of there and chuck it, you know? Because it's just polluting the whole darn universe. So, and the world keeps marching even closer to evil. You got China doing what they're doing. Then you got California. What, was it just a week or two ago they passed some bill now? Or they're in the process of passing it where they're about to say you can kill a baby up to how many days old once it's born? It's going to get way worse than that, man. We're, the filth that we're going to have to endure is seeing it. I mean, shelter your kids as much as you can and keep them away from the TV and teach them the right way to go. Because you only get just one shot at it. It's going to get really, really sick. Sick. And it's going to be promoted as the new normal or the new enlightened way to be and all this jazz. You know? Well, that's but, not including when it gets uh, hard enough to feed your kids, which, I mean, I just, my last podcast, I had done a whole topic on that. And, you know, for new new parents, whether or not, because some people, you know, whether they should bring a child into the world at this point. You know, those who already have children in, in the world, and, you know, you're you're a parent, you know. Um, it's yeah. going to be hard enough as it is already, sheltering them from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I have to, I just have to just hang on, hang on to to the God's word on that, and say, you know, he, he did say, uh, be fruitful and multiply, and you know, raise your kids in the way they shall go. And and I mean, people are murdering their children, okay, every day, every day. There's, I don't know, three thousand kids are butchered, okay. That blood cries out to God every day, man, every day. We, we don't see it, you know. We might sense it, but he sees it red and clear, you know, every day. And he, he's not going to be able to contain it. Jesus said, woe to those who corrupt the children. It'd be better off if a millstone was hung around their neck. Yeah, he won't be able to contain it. I, you know, it's, it's amazing his his restraint. Okay, his uh, his heart. You know, his heart. No, nobody considers really too much his heart. Okay, we're made in his image. We have a heart. We have hurt feelings. We have, you know, we feel love. We feel sadness. We feel joy. All that he does too. He created the whole shebang, and he has to see all this. And people like, you know. They don't want to look at it. They don't want to see it. You know, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to know about it. This and that, la da da. You know what? Grow up. Well, then you have, yeah, then you have too many capitulating. And here's the key, too. A lot of churches love to quote 2 Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's the key right there. And turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. But here's the problem. People are not turning from their wicked ways. Instead, they're going along to get along, and that's what's got us here. And they're thinking, well, it's too late. God's not going to judge. God wouldn't. A loving God wouldn't do that. No, God is a God of righteousness, and he is going to judge because it's continued. And and like I said earlier, we haven't really done enough 
in the body of Christ to stand up for what's right. We've gone along with it. Well, he judged his own people. That's right. Know? I mean, burn down Jerusalem, burn down, you know, you know they what took I, them all prisoner. They went to, they went to a different, they went, I mean, the same thing that happened to them is going to happen here. Yeah. And, and you explained that with the ships earlier. Worse. Down there in the cargo hold with the, with the feces and the urine and, you know, that's yeah, bad enough. it's cold this. down there too. It's Ugh. cold. Ugh. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. not, you know, it may be and too late. during the day. It may be too late for this nation as a whole. It's already divided. A nation divided can't stand. However, it is not too late for each individual. It's the reality. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not perfect either. And I, I have a temper. And I, I get Nobody is. I, hey, I've been sitting in think, the heat. I go, gosh, you know, I, I could have handled that better. Brother, you know? I've been sitting well, in the heat for two weeks. My AC's been out. You want to talk about, you know, being tested <laughs> in the fire, okay? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm doing this. I'm doing this podcast with you now. It's 85 degrees in here. Oh man! Well, I'm out here on the porch, and it's it's about I don't know 50. Oh, shut up! Well, it, it rained. It, you know, it rains a lot here. And uh, anyway, but it, I'm not complaining. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> it takes every day is our daily bread and our, and our daily existence. It's like, thank you, God, for this day. Thank That's you that right. I'm breathing, and thank you that I can go on and maybe. Help somebody out, you know. And then we push forward for him. You. We push forward for him. Yep. Yeah, because uh, it's it's gonna get you know, it's, it's, man. That's exactly what I was meaning earlier. Those who haven't been through, you know, a hard time like that, or haven't had to go yeah. without. I mean, they're gonna know it when they've been called. If they're ignoring the Lord and they continue to do whatever they're doing. What's the verse Jesus said? What that when everybody stands before him, he'll vomit them out. Because they were not hot nor cold. Yeah, when mouth, I needed yeah. a coat, you didn't provide the coat. When I needed, you know, um, a glass of cold mm-hmm. water, you didn't give it to me. Yeah. I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least of these, you were doing it to me. Yeah. That homeless guy with the cardboard on the corner there is Jesus, you know. When you drive by him, you know, and he's out there, says, we'll work for food or help or something, you know. And that's him, man. He, you know, he, there's not... Anyone on this planet he's not aware of, because he created everybody here. And it's maybe hard for people to wrap their mind around that, and I don't even, I just know, and I trust, and I know that he he is, he is very aware of every atom he ever created, you know, on this planet. Everybody is going to be judged. Everybody. Because everybody has a book, you know? There's a big library up there. I've often wondered about that. There's got to be a big wood shop up there, too. Well, many rounds. I think I'm going to close this out. Did you have any final advice that you'd like to give to the listeners to conclude on tonight? Just seek them with everything you got and read your word because, you know, they're going to make it a criminal offense to own a Bible or probably to even speak Jesus' name, okay? Well, just remember Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They feared God more than they feared man. And that goes for anybody that's being dictated that they have to do something in order to keep their job, okay? That's not right. I'm old enough to remember how America used to be and what it stood for, and there's nothing wrong with that. What it stands for now is a whole other bailiwick. But what the Constitution stood for, what the people that put this country in place believed and fought for and died for and continue to die for 
And base its um, principles on. And that's another thing. Don't be just readers and hearers of the word. You have to be doers of the word. That's what we're yeah. called to do. You can have faith, but what about if you don't have works with your faith, what good is it? This is what we're going to be tested on in these times we're yeah. going into. Make no mistake. It ain't easy being a Christian. Really. You know, it's hard. It's hard. But it's worth it. Oh, yeah. Having eternal life. It, Jesus made it pretty plain in a lot of different passages just how difficult it is. And few there be that find it, he said. You know? Amen. Few there be that find it. Amen. But there are some that do and have and will and are. And there's a whole slew of saints up there now waiting on us to do what we, what he put us here for. He put us here for this day. And you have a mission, and he has a mission for you. And go, do. That's, you know. Amen. Many rounds. Thanks again for joining me. All right. And there he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, backsliders, believers, and unbelievers alike, I appeal to you in earnest to take what has been said here today seriously. Folks, we're almost out of time. You know, we are now in a volatile season where there are no guarantees in what tomorrow brings. You know, today could be your last day. And to live for Jesus, that time to reach those souls is quickly dwindling. So many could and eventually will be taken in an instant. And what this podcast should speak to you is to start living your life for Jesus. Begin to do his will. You know, God is calling on you, and he wants a relationship with all of his children. There are so many blessings in knowing him and living for him. And if you would just take the time to get to know him, he will pour out his presence on you. You know, the Lord is very merciful to those who call on him and turn from their sin. You know, folks, I can attest to that, having once been backslidden myself for a number of years. There is nothing on this entire earth, no amount of money, no amount of drugs, no amount of alcohol, no amount of promiscuous sex, or whatever that will ever take the place of the living God. God sent his only one and begotten son to be a living sacrifice for all of us. You know, Jesus never sinned, but died a sinner's death and at the hands of sinners. He shed his blood for you so that all who call on him and believe him will have everlasting life, no matter what happens on this earth. You know, if you stop and think about it, that is the best gift of all. And there is no love greater. You know, he's outstretching his hand and saying, My dear son, my dear daughter, do you understand how much I love you? Though your sins be as red as crimson, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the life everlasting, and my love for you endures forever. My son, my daughter, why do you reject me? Why do you forsake me and continue to nail me to the cross all over again? Call on me, my son. Call on me, my daughter. For I will wash your sins in my blood and make you a presentable bride. I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, 
neither hot nor cold. I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness, an ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love, so be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. You know, ladies and gentlemen, there is no greater love in the world. And as this world rots away, and as you see everything falling apart, be wise as to who you choose to serve and what you would rather have as we never know which day will be our last. To quote Hebrews chapter 3, verses 7 through 15, this is why the Holy Spirit says, Today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. And that's me being the Lord. There, your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them, and I said, Their hearts always turn from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day, while it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Focusing on those verses there, ladies and gentlemen, you know, people are testing the Lord's patience right now. And his patience, though his love endures, his patience is not going to stay forever. He is going to fulfill his word. He is going to fulfill his judgments. His word says so. You have seen his miracles throughout your life. Whether he's blessed you, whether you've had a loving relationship, all of that, all of that, that belongs to him. And yet, his people continue to rebel. And that's why he was angry, and that's why he says, their hearts always turn from me, they refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. Folks, let's be real here, that's where we are today. You know, many have fallen away, and have hardened their hearts because they lack the understanding of who the living God really is. We as believers, whether we have been walking closely to the Lord for decades or we're newly found in him, need to remember to stand strong in our faith. Faith is trust. And when we continue on in Hebrews chapter 3, looking at verse 14, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts, as Israel did when they rebelled. Ladies and gentlemen, don't harden your hearts. Do not forsake the Lord, for he has not forsaken you. 
you know, maybe some of you have a sense of guilt that you are somehow unworthy of the Lord, or you have done something so terribly wrong that you feel like you can never be forgiven. And that's simply not true. You know, sin is sin. We've all done it. And there is not one person in this world who is any different. Anyone who says they have not sinned is a liar, and they're making God a liar. You know, the word says so. The difference is whether you continue to choose the ways of the world or set your sights on Jesus and everlasting life in him. You know, none of us are perfect. If you call on him, you know, even if you slip, keep going. You know, when I started out in my walk, guys, it wasn't perfect. As long as you're drawing near to him, he will never forsake you. But you have to be willing to do your part. You have to actively be willing to nail your sin to the cross and pick up that cross to walk after Jesus daily. That's the purpose of this ministry, ladies and gentlemen. It is based on the premise that where you were once lost, you are now found and have been washed in the blood of the Lamb to reclaim your innocence by being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That Lamb is Jesus. All you have to do is call on Him. Confess your sins to the Lord and invite Him into your heart. Cry out for His forgiveness. Let Him know that you desire to know Him and desire a relationship with Him. Not just some hypocritical hour a week and then living contrary to his word for the rest of the week. If you can do those few things and turn from your sin, that is the beginning of the foundation being laid in the Lord's presence, and he will help you to overcome your struggles no matter what they are. Jesus overcame the world. And what is going to happen, and what you see happening right now, was written that it will fulfill. Choose. Choose this day who you will serve. Choose everlasting life. Choose Jesus. He has so much love for you. If you only knew, I talked about that earlier. You know, he's holding out his hand and wants to redeem you. But if you reject him, if you continue to live for yourself and in your own ways, you will suffer the judgment of the wicked. Ladies and gentlemen, I haven't even gotten into what all of those will look like. But I'm studying Revelation, I'm studying Jeremiah right now, and I hope to be doing that more in the future. You know, you don't want to be found among the wicked or the unbelieving when everything in the earth is found to deserve judgment. Like I said at the beginning, come away from all that. We're all going to die one of these days, guys. It is up to each of us to choose whether we live our life for the Lord and have a relationship with him or choose to carry on in our own way. Choose wisely. Choose which side you're on. The Lord does not want his bride lukewarm. Just like I was saying at the beginning, he doesn't want his food lukewarm either if he's at the restaurant. You would neither. That all said, this concludes the ARC series. I pray the Lord has spoken to your heart today with everything presented and that you will make the right choice in who you serve as the time is quickly coming to a close. And guys, um, one last thing. When you listen to this podcast, if you are appreciating what's presented here, especially on YouTube, you know, give it a like if you can, because the way algorithms work on any video site is 
the videos are promoted when someone does a search for any tag. And due to us being in the end times, many are searching for answers right now. You know, they know something's wrong and they're looking for content that puts it into perspective. A video with little likes is pushed way to the bottom, so it's harder to find. You know, some of you listened over on JPH and you found my channel, but my last video only has like 10 or 11 likes. That's not helping people find the content. If you were that person looking for information on the days we're living in, certainly you would want to hear what is presented. And the way that works is the videos with more likes are promoted up front when anyone looks for them. And separately, I recommend following this podcast on at least one platform separate from YouTube because depending on what I present, I cannot say from one time to another where the content might get removed or my channel gets suspended. You know, censorship is at its maximum anymore, and I expect it's going to get worse. I mean, that's just the times we live. You know, some of you have probably noticed that I don't publish every episode to YouTube, and that's the reason why. But either way, after hearing the content presented today, we need to be getting as many on the side of Jesus as possible and winning souls for his kingdom. And the more people who hear the Lord's appeal to get right and quote-unquote come away from her, my people, as it relates to Revelation 18 when Babylon falls, the better. You know, the war drums, the shortages, etc., and so on, they're now making themselves known and presenting in a deafening tone. You know, everything's speeding up, guys. You heard me read from Revelation 17 and 18 at the beginning of this podcast. You heard the discussion I just had with many rounds. Everything presented today is fact. It can no longer be dismissed as a conspiracy. And it shows you exactly how everything is lining up with Bible prophecy. You know, when the powers that be aren't even bothering to hide it anymore, and are actively trying to force God's hand, that should tell you where things really are. The distractions, the hobbies, the irrelevant concerns, all the political infighting, yada, 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 that I used to illustrate the deceptions earlier, none of that's going to matter very soon. None of what I tell you will soon matter when it all begins to unfold. So I appeal to you once more to consider your ways and choose who you serve. My friends, once again, the Lord is calling those with ears to hear and eyes to see. It is the last call before the departure. Do not be found on the sinking ship ripe for judgment. Do not be one of those caught in the judgments who is not spiritually prepared to meet Jesus when the books are opened. Please, everyone, please do not play around with what has been presented today. It is much closer than many realize. And as Jesus said, don't let that day catch you unaware. You know, a day comes where those of us in ministry won't be able to warn you anymore. Not because we don't want to appeal to you, but because when the judgments start to unfold, when they're allowed, if we don't have internet, that's going to prevent us from getting the messages out. So, you know, we're only going to be able to seek out those around us. You know, we're not going to be able to upload to YouTube. No more than you'll be able to access it. 
you know, what you're going to see at that time, what you've been warned about, it's going to start playing out before your very eyes. That's why you have to choose this day who you serve. Stand strong for the Lord and be found in him. Don't wait. This is not entertainment. And if you think it is, grow up, because you're about to find out the hard way if you continue to stay in unbelief. That said, those of you listening, those of you heeding the calling, may God bless all of you who are heeding the warnings, and may you continue to grow in your relationship with Christ Jesus, or call on him if you do not know him yet. Thank you for listening. Be safe out there. And until next time, have a great week, everyone.